Hello everyone and uh, thank you so much for joining us today. So we are wrapping up our four-week series called Unmute Yourself. And we, if you've missed this, we've been speaking about prayer and the power of prayer and how important it is for us as believers to pray. I've got a question for you. What is the most frustrating thing for you during load shedding? Power goes off. And you want to access some power appliance or whatever it may be. What's the most frustrating thing for you? Is it not being able to charge your phone? Is just about to die? Is it not being able to use your microphone, uh, a microwave? And um, for me, it's not being able to turn my kettle on, to be honest. I, I love tea so much. I sometimes drink two cups of tea back to back. Last night, actually, I had three cups of tea back to back because I love it so much. All of our houses, or at least most of our homes, have been wired with electricity. And the thing with electricity is we have access to this power, but we can only enjoy the benefits of the electricity or the benefits of the power that electricity provides for us once we have an access point or a contact point or a point of contact. If I want to use my kettle, there's no power. I can't enjoy the benefits of the kettle because I haven't pushed the button. I only enjoy it once I connect with the point of contact, once I flip the switch. And once I flip the switch, electricity moves into my kettle, it boils, I get to enjoy a beautiful cup of tea. Now prayer is our point of contact when it comes to accessing the power that God has available for us. It's like someone has deposited money into our accounts, but we need to withdraw it. So God has given us this power, God has given us this ability to connect with Him through prayer, but we don't experience God's power in our life because we don't access it through the point of contact or through prayer. Our senior pastor, John Ben, recommended I read a book by a guy named William Duma. He was a Baptist pastor. And um, this book was called uh, Take Your Glory, Lord. And it really was just a history of his life. And uh, this guy has a phenomenal, phenomenal testimony and a super powerful ministry. And um, there's a bunch of really cool things that stood out to me from this book. But one of the, the big things for me was that William Duma, when he was very young, he was also very ill. And, um, and then one day he was seeking God and, and God actually miraculously healed this guy. Something we don't hear of often today. But he says that God miraculously healed him. And he sensed God was calling him into the ministry. And um, he decided that he was going to seek God. He was going to look at this point, take this point of contact we call prayer seriously. And he went up into the mountains. He's actually from Durban. And um, he spent 21 days fasting and seeking God. And he describes a moment towards the end of his fast. Where he was praying one morning. It was winter, just like now. It was cold outside. He was kneeling face down to the ground. And he sensed his body getting warmer, and he sensed Jesus showing up. Now, I don't know if it was actually Jesus in, in, in flesh or spirit, or he actually saw him, but he sensed that Jesus was there, and he said to him, I give you the gift of healing. I mean, what, a, what interesting words, what powerful words to hear. And this guy then launches his ministry. And uh, from that day on, he describes a series of events on the day he died that God just literally showed up and healed hundreds and hundreds of people. But one of these stories that stood out to me the most was one where um, a lady, she was a nurse, became, she was very ill. Um, she, she actually had a, a, a cyst in her brain. And this caused, uh, this caused um, seizures and she would often have fits. 
And uh, she went to the doctors. They couldn't diagnose it at first. And she went to a church. She belonged to a Pentecostal church at that stage. And, and they prayed for her. And uh, nothing happened. And, and someone told her, why don't you visit William Dumas Church, Baptist Church in Umgany Road, Umgany Road Baptist Church. And she said, yeah, well, it's worth a try. And she did. She went to the church. And he would only ever pray for a few people. He would only pray for the people who God told him to pray for. And this lady was one of those people. He came to her and he said, God shows me you're a nurse. And she says, she wondered to herself, what kind of a man is this? That he knew this. No one told him. He didn't know her from a bar of soap. But God revealed this to her, uh, to him. And, and, and she obviously, her faith levels went up as he approached her. He prayed for her and instantaneously God healed her. Instantaneously, God healed her. But what actually happened was, let's backtrack a little bit. She went to the doctor. They discovered she had the cyst. And they said, there's nothing we could do for you. You've got a little bit of time left and, and you're not going to make it. You're actually going to die. Her husband said, there's no way we're keeping you in the hospital. Come home with us. You can spend time with the kids and the family. We could say bye to you properly. And during this time, she also got really, really severe arthritis. And all her bones started tensing up and seizing up. And she was in excruciating pain. She says the day that this pastor prayed for her, she not only was healed of the cyst she had in her brain, but God instantaneously healed her arthritis. People in the congregation described the click, the sounds of her bones clicking and cracking as God touched her that day. The reason this story stands out to me is because I felt like I was the Pentecostal church that she described. So I've been involved in many, many, many denominations, been involved in the Dutch Reformed Church, Baptist Church, Assemblies of God, the Apostolic Faith Mission. So I've been all over. And the truth is we all believe that we preach the Word of God and we believe that we're preach, preaching it accurately. And the truth is we all are right. We all try our best to preach God's Word. And, and I think as the body of God, Christ, we, we need to stop judging one another. But anyway. I felt like this Pentecostal church. I felt like I was praying in my life and praying and seeking God and, and nothing happened. And it made me wonder what was the difference between William Duma and this church. And, and I honestly believe it was that point of contact. God has deposited in our bank accounts everything we'll ever need. It's our job to withdraw. And I believe that this guy, this pastor, had discovered the, the, the secret or the truth or the powerful truth about prayer. He seek God and God showed up and God answered his prayer in miraculous and powerful ways. And it shifted something in me, understanding that I need to trust God and I need to pray. Last week, I spoke about why is God not answering our prayer? Or why does it feel to us like God isn't answering our prayer? And we established that God speaks. The question is, are you listening? If you're listening, God wants to speak. If you're not listening, there's nothing anyone can do for you. But if you truly are listening and you want to hear God speak and you're still not hearing God, you need to listen to last week's message. This week, I'm going to be talking about what should we be doing when we think God isn't answering our prayers? Is there something we should be doing? Should we just give up? Or what should we be doing? So I'm going to give you three keys today. And um, before I get to the first one, I want to take you right back to Genesis. Um, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. So God just created everything. And then he says, let us create man in our image and then he says they will have dominion in all the world i love that they will have dominion and i think as believers and children of god we miss that because god wants us to rule and reign in our lives here on earth he wants us to rule as kings and have authority over our lives 
our marriages, our relationships, our finances, our businesses, whatever that may be. He wants us to rule as kings. Something established right in the beginning. First book of the Bible, he says, I want you to rule as kings. In the last book of the Bible, he says the same thing. Revelation 5 verse 10 says this. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God. And they shall reign here on earth. They shall have dominion here on earth. I love that. God wants you to have dominion here on earth. I believe God wants you to grow and expand and do well here on earth. The problem is, the problem is that he also made us to be kings and to rule, okay? The problem is that when we start ruling from our own authority, from our own will, what this passage in Revelation shows us that God also made us to be a priesthood of believers. Now, when we rule and reign as kings on our own authority, we make a mess of it. Adam and Eve demonstrated that perfectly. They tried to rule and reign. They made a mess of it. We need to access God at the point of contact as priests. I would say seek God, God first as priests. So that then, when we've heard from God how to rule and reign, then we can do what God said, and then we will experience victory in our lives. We cannot separate the priest part from the king part. We are firstly a priesthood of believers who are spiritual and need to connect with God and hear from God. And then from that authority, we need to have dominion and rule as kings in this world. So point number one, if you aren't hearing God, you need to seek God. As a priest, you need to seek God. And I'm not talking about the, the normal kind of seeking um, where the other day Cora sent me into the room to go find her cell phone. Cora's my wife. And I walked into the room, looked around, didn't find the cell phone, went back and said, hey, I can't find, I can't find your cell phone. And she said, did you look for it? And I said, no, you said it's on the bed. It's not on the bed. And I had to go back and I looked for it and then it was somewhere. I found it. Um, or when you lose your keys. I often lose my keys and it's the most frustrating thing on the planet. You lose your keys and it's always when you have an appointment. How does that work? You have an appointment, then you lose your keys and then you can't find your keys and then you're flustered, right? Go through the lounge, flip over cushions, look under the couches. You look everywhere, you seek everywhere until you find. You don't stop seeking when you don't find the keys. No one, when they're looking for their keys, walks into the room, looks around and says, oh, I can't find my keys. Bad luck, I guess. No, no. We seek until we find. Listen to Matthew 7, verse 7. It says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. This guy named Jacob in the Old Testament he just got married, he just got two new wives, and he decided that he was going to move away from where his wives were living and move back to his family home. On the way there, this man encountered God in a powerful way. Scripture says that one night a man showed up and wrestled with him. And Scripture says he wrestled with this man right up until the sun came up the next morning, and then eventually this man said to him, won't you stop now? We've been wrestling all night, the sun has come up. And then Jacob said, I won't stop until you bless me. And then the angel of the Lord, because that's who he was wrestling with, touched his hip. He limped from that stage and he had this sort of sign in his body that had wrestled with God until God blessed him. He then also changed the name of that place to Peniel, which means I saw God face to face. So we know that this Jacob was wrestling with God that night. When I'm saying seek, I'm challenging you to seek and to wrestle with God 
just like Jacob did. Second thing we need to do, if we think God isn't answering our prayers or when we can't hear God, second thing we need to do is we need to study the word of God. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. You need to study God's word. And I love how Elijah, the prophet who I spoke about last week, understood this. So in 1 Kings 17, God says to Elijah, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop the rain. Go tell Ahab. Chapter 17, verse 1, God says, God speaks. He gives his word and says, I am going to stop the rain. Then one chapter later, 1 Kings 18, verse 1, God says to Elijah, I'm going to send the rain. Okay? So God spoke. Elijah studied this word. He understood that this was God speaking, and he responded to the word. Okay, I love this. Let me read um, James verse 5 quickly. So, so James is a New Testament scripture. In this passage, James is actually teaching believers, New Testament believers, how to pray. He then refers to the prophet Elijah from 1 Kings, okay? Now listen to John, uh, James chapter 5, 5, verse 17. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. When we see Elijah, we think this ginormous prophet who's got supernatural powers. No, no. James says he was a normal human being, just like you and I are. Then he says he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. Okay, there's a key there. There's a point of contact there. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And then it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And then again in verse 18 he says, Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Now this is really important here. God spoke. Okay? God gave his word. He deposited into our bank accounts. It was Elijah's responsibility to pray for the rain. <laughs> That's so powerful. Elijah needed to pray. God didn't send the rain until Elijah prayed. God didn't stop the rain until Elijah prayed. The reason we need to seek God's word is so we can align our prayers with the word of God. The moment we align our prayers with God's word, we see the same results as Elijah did. We've got to pray according to God's word. We've got to pray according to God's will. The third thing we need to do when we can't hear God is we need to wait. Is we need to wait. Psalms 27 verse 14 says, Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous during this time. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. That was so nice that he said it twice. What a cheesy joke. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently. So we're praying and seeking God. We're trusting God for breakthrough. We're not seeing anything. We've got to wait on the Lord. Now, I want to, I want to challenge you with something. Is to Sometimes we need to wait and do nothing. But sometimes we need to actively wait. Now let me explain to you what I mean by an active waiting. Last week I told you that we, my family and I wanted to move from Johannesburg to Durban. And we, we, we trusted God, we seeked God, we prayed and he didn't answer. So I prayed, God, Lord, I want to move to Durban. And then just waited. We just waited. And then nothing happened. And then I sensed God speaking to me. I need you to pray, but I also need you to wait and I also need you to, while you're waiting, to knock on as many doors as you can. So I needed to wait on the Lord 
But while I was waiting, I needed to knock on doors. I needed to find opportunities. I shared that I looked for three different opportunities. The church I thought was my number one prize. The church I thought was my number two prize. And then last on the list was being a counselor at my old high school. Can I just say, while I was knocking on the door, on the, all those doors, it was frustrating for me. And um, can I also just say, I'm really, really grateful that God didn't answer those three prayers. I really trusted God to open this door for me. I wanted the first church to be the church. I, wa- I really wanted that. God said, no, didn't answer. I really wanted the second church as a second option. And then as a, at least I can have an income, try a third option. I'm really glad God didn't answer my prayer. Because shortly after that, he made a way for me to move to Westfall Baptist Church, now known as Home Ground. Let me tell you, God moving me to this church was the best thing that could ever have happened to me and my family. In terms of my ministry, in terms of the way God wanted me to grow, I believe I have an impact at this church. Maybe you can tell me, maybe not. But for me anyway, this is the best place God could have placed me. When you wait, you need to seek God and actively wait. I'm going to wrap this message up. When we don't hear God, I mean, this is not an an infinite list This is not a conclusive list. There's a bunch of other things you can do. But when we pray and we think God is not answering our prayers, we need to seek, not only seek, but we seek until we find. We don't give up because we wrestled with God for one minute or we wrestled with God for one night like Jacob did. Sometimes we need to wrestle for a week or for a month or for a year, but we don't give up. We seek until we find. We need to study God's word Because when we study God's word, our prayers are anchored in God's truth and God's will. And lastly, we need to wait on God's perfect timing. God needed to open up that door for me to move to Durban at the perfect time. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we have access to this electricity, this power, this relationship with God. Thank you, Lord, that there is a point of contact that you made available for us called prayer. And we choose today to access that point of contact and we choose to pray. And we're going to seek, Lord, until we find. We choose to study your word so we can understand your heart and anchor our prayer in your truth. And we will wait, Lord, for you to speak to us. We will not grow tired. We will not grow weary. We will wait because we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen.